Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hey, this is John C. John, pastor of Tana Creek Community Church, Mumbai, India. It is indeed a blessed privilege to be preaching with God's word, the Bible, as my foundation. I want to thank you for tuning in. I believe that you will never be the same again as you hear the message and allow God to impact you. ago on this day that's the first day of the week somebody came back to life and that changed that destiny of this planet forever till that day it was a double day but this person when he came back to life the whole destiny of mankind changed forever and that's what gives me joy that makes me happy this morning I'm talking about Jesus Christ and uh, most of you are aware that uh, today is a day that is called as Easter Sunday and uh, Christians would also say this is the day that Jesus rose from the dead my friend this is not a fable this is not just a story this happened this is true if you go to Israel today, you can see the tomb where Jesus' dead body was buried. On the third day, that is today, he came back to life. And uh, most of you are aware that these days have not been recorded in the Bible as you know, which day it was. Just said that first day of the week. But by the, uh, but the effort of the scholars and uh, you know effort of those people uh, who are able to calculate times and days they're able to come to a conclusion that uh, you know every year on a certain Sunday is considered as Easter Sunday I have titled my sermon for this morning as the most powerful dawn the most powerful dawn dawn when I say it means the early hours of a day the time when darkness is just going out and the first light is coming in so dawn and I would say the most powerful dawn when is that when did that happen that's what I'm going to talk this morning that early morning when Jesus rose from the dead that morning I'm talking about that morning but also I would like to talk a little bit more than just that morning when Jesus rose from the dead but I would like to talk a little bit initially about Jesus rising from the dead and then I would go into the main message that I would like to share with you there are four books in the New Testament that we call as the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke the fourth one is John so Matthew Mark Luke and John all these four Gospels have recorded the resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, I would like to go a little bit further and say these four stories that you find in the Bible have a little bit of difference here and there as it has been recorded because all four they have made their own effort to find about the resurrection of Jesus and they've recorded it as they have heard it 
But there's one person who witnessed the whole incident. That is John, the most favorite disciple of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 28, you'll find the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mark 16, the second gospel, it has uh, uh, the record of Jesus' resurrection is there. Luke 24 and John chapter 20. In all these four uh, record of Jesus' resurrection, you'd find one person's name repeated in all these four places. That is Mary Magdalene. I'm not going to talk much about Mary Magdalene. That's not our you know, important topic this morning. But I was just trying to, you know, uh, give you details about the recall, uh, you know, uh, details about the resurrection of our Jesus Christ. And uh, when you read all these four Gospels, you'll get the complete picture. Though each one of them have recorded what they have heard, put it together, you'll get the complete picture. And so let me narrate the story in a nutshell. So for those of you who have not heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, or who have heard but have not read it in the Bible uh, and, and maybe not aware of the complete story let me narrate the story Jesus died on a Friday as of you know, this Gregorian calendar Friday he was crucified on the afternoon of a Friday and Saturday that we generally call Saturday again in the Gregorian calendar Saturday is actually the seventh day of the Jewish calendar of the week, the seventh day of the week, which is a day of rest. They generally call it Sabbath. So on Sabbath, they should not do any work. So on Friday, Jesus was crucified. He died on the cross. And it is not, I would say it's not right that a dead body is hanging on the Sabbath day. And so people wanted to take down the body and and, and buried and so before taking down the body from the cross the people who are responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus they wanted to make sure if he's really dead and so if you read uh, I think in, uh, in Matthew you will get to hear that uh, you know, they made efforts to know if the body is dead once uh, those leaders made sure that the body is dead they realized they allowed the body to be taken down a person, a very prominent person. His name is there, I think, in all the four uh, Gospels. Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph was, one, was also a Jewish leader. He was part of the Jewish council. But there is something that they did not know about him, which is recorded in the Bible. He was a secret follower of Jesus Christ. He could not come out publicly and express his faith in Jesus but he followed the teachings of Jesus. I would like to say he believed in Jesus. And so he, along with few other followers of Jesus Christ, they came to the cross. Uh, they initially took permission from the government. They brought down the body. They wrapped it in, you know, in a nice, neat linen cloth and maybe tried to embalm it or apply some you know, ointments on it. And Joseph of Arimathea owned a tomb beside this mound called Golgotha or Calvary where Jesus was crucified. Just beside that mound, there was a, a garden uh, with a small mound and there was a cave 
It was basically a tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had. Maybe a family tomb or he kept it for himself. When he dies, he could be buried. We don't know exactly the reasons, but that was his tomb. But it was a new tomb, a fresh tomb, where there was no body buried. Joseph decided that this body of Jesus must be buried in the new tomb. He sacrificed or he willingly gave. Jesus was buried there. And they rolled this huge stone, which is the custom, and uh, in order to, to cover the, uh, the cave or the tomb. So a huge, large stone was you know, rolled, and uh, it was like a round uh, stone. And they placed it at the mouth or the entrance of the tomb. These leaders, the Jewish leaders who were responsible for the death of Jesus, they also wanted to make sure that the tomb was sealed by the Roman seal and so they took permissions they asked the Roman government to place soldiers there and uh, the tomb was sealed and they placed soldiers there so that nobody would come and steal the body of Jesus and take it away and tell everyone Jesus has come back to life because when Jesus was alive before he was crucified he had told he had taught his people that on the third day he will come back to life. And these Jewish leaders knew about it. And so, whether they believed or not, they had this fear in the heart that these disciples may steal the body and they will make his prophecy come true by telling Jesus is alive. And so they wanted to make sure nobody will steal the body. The body must rot inside the tomb and that story should be over. What happened? On Sunday morning, that is the first day of the week as we say today the first day of the week early hours of morning Mary Magdalene and few other women they go to the tomb why? it's very clearly mentioned in uh, Luke chapter 24 they had you know, got spices ready not like the spices that we use to make uh, Indian curry not that but these are incense or you know very high highly expensive perfumes that they made it at their home or I don't know, they bought it that way and they take it to the tomb. Why? To apply on the body of Jesus because on Friday, maybe they didn't have enough time to do it or maybe this was a custom they did so that the body wouldn't stink. Maybe they could come once in a while to the garden, you know, sit near the tomb and maybe just, you know, have memories about Jesus. I don't know why they wanted to, but they wanted to do it. And so early in the morning, they are walking towards the tomb. Women, these are not men, these are women. Early in the morning, there should be fear in them. There is, but there is no fear about a ghost or, you know, the spirit of Jesus coming and, you know, trying to, you know, cause uh, trouble to them. No, they're not scared of that. They love Jesus. And so they're coming to the tomb to to do their part of the dead body. But in the meantime, when they're walking and coming, Matthew, he records in his gospel, Matthew 16, there's a discussion that the women are having, who will roll the stone away? We have to put spices on the body of Jesus. But for us to do that, there's a huge stone. Who will roll the stone away? While they're discussing that and they're coming, they suddenly see the answer to their, you know, their prayer or they're Christian, who will roll the stone away? They see that the stone that was placed in front of the tomb is rolled away. The tomb is open. How is that possible? 
there was maybe there is fear in them they are surprised they want to find the answer so they come they peep inside they look and they see angels sitting there wearing white robes and these angels ask the women why are you searching for the body of jesus don't you know that he told you that he will come back to life why do you search for the living among the dead don't search for the dead body of jesus he is not here what has happened jesus is risen jesus is alive he prophesied that not only jesus said it was told even years before that jesus will come to the earth the savior of the world the messiah the savior will come he will save the world from their sins and the world will crucify him the world will kill him he'll be buried but he cannot be in the tomb forever he came back to life the third day this is the only person ever in history the only person ever in history let me repeat it the only person ever in history who died and who came back to life never to die again because he is living he is risen jesus will never die again he is god he overcame death and so the women gets to realize this and the angels tell the women go and tell the disciples of jesus go and tell everyone that jesus is not here he is risen when is all this happening early hours of sunday morning that's why i said the most powerful dawn there were many mornings many 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 mornings in the past but this morning was different because this is that morning when jesus conquered death when jesus completely destroyed the power of satan when jesus completely wiped away all the sins i have done you have done if you believe in jesus and believe that jesus can take away all your sins can forgive your sins that your sins are forgiven only jesus can and so the women they all want to go back and tell everyone what is happening they go back they tell the disciples Jesus is no more there as he has said as it has been prophesied Jesus is alive he is risen and so everyone gets to hear the story the disciples got to know the story two people run to the tomb to actually verify if what the women said was true because in the Jewish culture what a woman says they really don't believe it they don't take it seriously so they want to actually come and see if Jesus is really alive if what the women said is true my friend why i took the name of mary magdalene why i'm taking the you know the, why i'm making a mention of women because as i said women doesn't play a big role in the jewish culture but if women's name were written here and it is recorded that women were the first people to see or witness the resurrection of jesus that means these people who have recorded the the, uh, uh, the the narration of the story of Jesus those who have recorded all these incidents they said that yes the women have seen it it's not true let us go and see they go and see and they see what the women said is true that means they're willing to risk to narrate it that the women have seen and we have gone and you know and and, and seen it as well for ourselves John and Peter 
they go and see the tomb and the tomb is empty jesus is risen and so now it has been completely proved that jesus is not dead jesus is risen and women i tell you those women listening to me you are important you are equally important before god that's when the culture sidelines you god chose you to be the first witness to go and be an evangelist to go tell the world that jesus is alive jesus is risen and so john and peter come then they come to the tomb they see exactly what the women said jesus is no more there and john's gospel as the fourth gospel as i said he is the one who witnessed all of this and he narrates it he is a direct witness to the resurrection of jesus christ my friend Jesus is alive he is risen i just narrated the story to you but there was something more that i want to say i want to talk about peter as well john witnessed it but i want to go a little bit further and talk a little bit more about peter who also witnessed the same incident what happened to peter a few days later peter and a few other disciples maybe i think six of them all seven of them they go for fishing Why did Peter go for fishing? Who is Peter first of all? Peter was a fisherman before he became a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter was a fisherman. So was John, so was Peter's brother, so was John's brother. They were all fishermen. And Peter decides to go back to fishing now. For last Three and a half years, he followed Jesus Christ. He left the fishing profession. He wanted to do what Jesus wanted him to do. What did Jesus tell him in the beginning of Peter's, you know, uh, 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 this uh, decision to follow Jesus? Three and a half years ago, Jesus told Peter, "I will make you fishers of men. You have been catching fish all this time, but from now on, I will make you a person who will reach out to the human beings, who will reach out to human race and win them for for me, for God." And so Peter maybe has forgotten everything because. the death of jesus has taken away the excitement that maybe the disciples had they would have thought uh, that you know we walked with jesus we went around with jesus and uh, he taught us so many things he he showed us so many wonderful things uh, all the miracles that happened amazing jesus died he came back to life and uh, jesus was not with them like all the other time he wasn't walking around with them all the time Why Jesus was getting ready to go back to his place his, his, his place in heaven so he was visiting people here and there but he was not continually with the disciples and so I would want to think like this Peter thought maybe all that we've heard now Jesus came back now okay wonderful let me go and tell people and you know as and how I get time but my profession is more important for me what could happen next I don't know so peter is a little bit uh, you know confused and so he decides to go back to his old profession of fishing and so peter calls his friends and all through night they are fishing the same thing happened 3 half years before peter was fishing on that same night where he met jesus for the first time probably for the first time and even that same night he caught nothing and that's when jesus began to you know disciple peter Jesus told Peter, "I know you have been fishing all night and you caught nothing." Peter said, "Yes, I didn't catch anything." So Jesus told him, 
put your net on the other side and Peter does it. And on that day, a huge miracle happened. Peter caught his boat full of fish. Not just his boat, but John and his brother was also fishing there. So Peter called out to John and said, come, come, come with your boat. Because my boat is about to sink. It's full of fish now. I want you to fill your boat as well. So Peter had seen that miracle in the beginning of his mission with Jesus. But all these years he walked and finally Jesus died. Now Jesus is not with him all the time. So he is very pondering what's going to happen next. And so he decides to go back to his old profession of fishing. He calls his friends and some of them join and they go for fishing. He, 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 he tries to fish all through the night. But he catches nothing. Early morning. Peter and his friends are maybe coming back to the shore. And there they see somebody on the shore. They do not know who that is. Maybe they are thinking this is another fisherman. He stands there on the shore and he and he calls out to Peter in a loud voice and he asks, Have you caught anything? John chapter 21. The story is in John chapter 21. Jesus calls out. Have you caught anything? And the response is, no. We haven't caught anything. The same words that Jesus used three, three and a half years ago, Jesus uses it now again. He tells Peter, put your net on the other side. And Peter puts his net on the other side and he catches his net full of fishes again. And now his eyes are opened. He realizes that this is not another fisherman. This is not somebody who's come for fishing. This is his master. This is Jesus. He says, my Lord. And Peter doesn't wait for the boat to come to the shore. He puts on his dress because he was wearing his, you know, fisherman's, you know, uh, garments, you know, uh, and fishing. So he puts on his clothes and he put it aside. He puts it on. He jumps into the water. He swims across and comes to the shore to meet Jesus. And then in a few minutes later, the other disciples also come and join. And what do they see? They see Jesus sitting near a, a small fire which is made of some charcoal and some roasted fish and some bread. Jesus gets breakfast ready for his tired disciples. And after they had breakfast, Jesus asks this question to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Why did Jesus ask this question? You will not find this story in Matthew, Mark and Luke. You will find it only in John. And that's why I want to talk about this powerful dawn. Two powerful dawns. The, the first powerful dawn was when Jesus came back to life. But Peter had still not had the effect on him. And that's why he went back to his old profession. Some of us are like that, even after having met Jesus, even after knowing Jesus, we are doubtful, we are confused. After having the resurrection impact upon our life, yet we live in a state of doubt. Some of you Christians watching me now, some of you who will hear me sometime later, you call yourself Christians, you go to church, you pray to Jesus, and some of you always boast like this, I know the Bible. But let me tell you, even after having the resurrection effect, if Peter can live in doubt, my friend, that is possible with you as well. It's possible with me as well. I can still be living in doubt. The resurrection power must transform you. 
but some of us we have had we have been had that effect upon our life and so peter had to had a you know had to go through a second encounter with jesus the first encounter the resurrection encounter did so much of you know marvel but for some reason peter was in impacted and so peter had to had a second encounter my friend as you listen to me now the second encounter is right now in your life peter you could catch nothing why because you have gone back to the place that i've asked you to come out from don't depend on your profession don't depend on your old experience it cannot help you without jesus without jesus you can do nothing and so peter is confronting Jesus now and the question that comes to Peter from Jesus do you love me Peter and the answer Peter gives lord you know it i love you yes i love you maybe after a short break Jesus asks the same question the second time Peter do you love me Jesus asks the same question for the third time John chapter 21 verse 17 a third time Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, that's basically Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? The third time Jesus is asking. Why was Jesus not convinced by the first and the second answer Peter gave? Jesus asked two times and Peter said, I love you. But why wasn't Jesus convinced? Because Jesus was going deep into the heart of Peter. Peter, do you really, do you genuinely love me? Because when I look at your situation, you have gone back to your old profession. I am convinced, Peter, you really don't love me. If you really loved me, you wouldn't go back. Because after the resurrection, you should have had a change in life. But your life wasn't changed. You know, you know what? Some of you have met Jesus. Some of you have gone to church and you pray and you talk about so much miracles God did in your life. But even today, you live in doubt. You live in doubt. And so Jesus is asking you this question. Do you really love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the same question for the third time. Why was he hurt? Because now Peter is is, is kind of contemplating. He's, he's looking back into his own life. He's thinking again. Jesus is not looking at my just face and asking he's looking into my heart he knows me well and that's why he's asking do you love me now the answer peter gives is a little different lord you know everything the initial two times when jesus asked peter's answer was yes i love you yes i love you no do you love jesus your answer is yes i love jesus how do you know that you love jesus Oh I I help the poor I go to church I pray I fast I read the bible I preach about Jesus I do big ministry we can all boast like Peter I love Jesus but if Jesus is looking into your heart and genuinely asking you only you know only you know the answer that's what Peter says I'm hurt Jesus you know you know it better than me you know everything You know that I love you a few days before on that night when Jesus was arrested Thursday Peter was standing there watching the arrest of Jesus and all that you know that was happening three times Peter was confronted by people who said I think this man was with Jesus 
for this man is a disciple of Jesus and Peter at the three occasion he looked at all those three people and said I don't know who Jesus is I don't know who Jesus is Jesus told Peter sometime before that that you will deny me three times you will deny me Peter said no I cannot deny you I love you Jesus I have been with you for three and a half years how can I deny you but when the time came he was scared of his old life maybe they will arrest him as well just like they arrested Jesus they will arrest him they will torture him and so there was fear in him some of you say I love Jesus but there is still fear in you there was still doubt in you if you are living in doubt and living in fear you can't be truly a disciple of Jesus this resurrection has made no impact in your life. You can celebrate Easter. You can decorate your house. You can wish people, oh, happy Easter Sunday and all of that. But you are not genuinely a disciple of Jesus, my friend. Peter thought he was genuinely a disciple of Jesus. But when he was confronted three times with that question, are you a disciple of Jesus? All those three times, he bluntly said, I don't know Jesus. And then finally, the third time, when he said, I don't know Jesus, he realized he came to senses that he denied his own master three times. He cried bitterly. The Bible records it. He cried bitterly because he was broken in his heart. And I denied my master. That same Peter has been questioned three times now. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter three times said, I love you, I love you. But the third time, he didn't simply say, I love you. He said, Lord, you know it very well. You know everything. I love you which means I'm also weak you know me that's all you and I need to say accept who we are do you know with God I really love you but I'm weak and so Peter was given a second chance he was reinstated the resurrection gave Peter a second chance my friend the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives you a second chance some of you who have accepted Jesus Christ you are given a second chance to to actually live a life as a disciple of Jesus. For those of you who've heard about Jesus, who've heard many times and maybe studied in a, you know, in a Christian school and maybe went with your friends to church and celebrated Easter, you're given a second chance. That's why you're still alive. In the midst of all this plague around you, God gives you second chance to know him well, to be a real disciple of Jesus Christ. I would say, According to a human, that was the most powerful dawn when Peter met his savior in the real sense. The most powerful dawn. Yes, the resurrection is the most powerful morning. But I would also want to go ahead and according to my belief, from the point of Peter, I would say that was the most powerful dawn. That morning, that dawn when Jesus met Peter and helped Peter realize his actual state, who he is. By walking with Jesus, you don't become a disciple. No, 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 no. By praying every day, you don't become a disciple. By giving your money to the poor, helping other people, you don't become a disciple. Because you're a pastor, you don't become a disciple. A true disciple of Jesus. According to what Jesus said, he will feed or she will feed the sheep of Jesus. He will take care of the, 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 the sheep of Jesus, which means we'll love everyone. We'll be concerned about the church. We'll be concerned about the church. That's why if you read the letter that Paul wrote 
to Corinthians, Paul says, I have been tortured. I am out in the sea. No, I have gone hungry. I have been abused. I have gone through shipwreck. I have been loved and hated by my own people. My own people want to kill me. I have gone through all kinds of bad or let's say challenging experiences in my life. But in the midst of all of that, I was always concerned about the church in Corinth. I was concerned about the church. That's exactly what Jesus is trying to teach us this morning. Are you concerned about God's people? Are you concerned that people are dying without knowing Jesus? At times such as this, when the world is gripped with fear and pain and do not know what's going to happen tomorrow, can you proudly stand up with faith in Jesus and can you tell the world, Jesus lives because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I don't need my whole profession to take care of me. Jesus is enough. He will take care of me. I am not saying don't go to work. That's not my point. I'm not saying that all your profession is bad. No, please do not misunderstand me. Your profession is important. Go to work, work hard. But in all those professions, you need to display Jesus Christ, your love for him. Whatever work you're doing, whether you are a pastor, you're an engineer, a doctor, a teacher, sweeping the floor or, or anything, whatever job you're doing, every job that you do is honorable when you do it for the Lord. When you do it for Jesus, because in that profession, you want to show Jesus Christ to the world. And the life of Peter is transformed when you met the risen Savior personally. Jesus is risen. Everyone knows the story. Even you know the story now. Jesus is risen. But I'm welcoming you to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Just like Peter had on that morning. On that great morning. On that most powerful dawn. When he came back to the show. Almost empty handed. Jesus didn't push him aside. That's exactly what religion will do. That's what religious people will do. When you don't do what they want you to do, they will push you aside. They will sideline you. But that's not what Jesus will do because he is not a religious leader. He is God. He will reinstate you, give you a second chance to restart everything. And on this Easter Sunday, I welcome you, my brother. I welcome you, my sister, to restart everything, to reinstate everything, to trust in Jesus with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. He will take care of everything. You will have more than what you can handle. The blessings He will give you is more than what you can handle. That's my prayer for you on this Easter Sunday. That you will meet the savior of the world personally it doesn't matter in what state you are now maybe you went out just like peter fishing trying to fish all night trying to work hard to find a meaning in life to provide for yourself working hard but without jesus your life is meaningless <coughs> your life is empty as you hear me my prayer is that you have been given a second chance make use of it Come to the Savior and tell him, you know everything. You know me well. I really love you. From that day, Peter's life was completely transformed. He never went back into fishing again. But you know what he did? He got up and he preached about Jesus. And in the first message, a fisherman preaching, a fisherman preaching, let me repeat it, a fisherman preaching brought revival to the world. He stood up and preached about his Jesus. And on the first preaching, 3,000 people accepted Jesus Christ. Your life can transform the world. Your life can bless the world. May the Lord richly bless.